0: It's Friday night everybody, you know what that means. It's Friday night, let's have some fun, let's get together
1: and play a ton.
2: Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And together, we're Friday, Friday.
0: And with us today is our longtime good friend, Mr. Kevin Kwan. Welcome back, sir.
1: hi Good to be back. Glad to be here. Great.
2: Are you ready for today's topics or what? Yeah. Well, Kevin, on today's show, we're going to discuss an old genre that's making a comeback. Roll and write games. We're going to go over a new game that was sent to us, Rosetta, the Lost Language by Story Machine Games.
0: We will take a little history lesson and look at some of the first rolling right games. We'll take a little look into some of those games as well and we'll talk about some games that we recently played and we might geek out or something after.
1: All right guys, so uh since I'm a noob, what's a rolling right?
0: Rolling right games are generally games where you roll a die and write something down on a pad of paper however there have been some games that come out instead of die you're drawing playing cards but generally the game includes a set of dice and a custom pad for you to to uh, write your score down so pretty simple concept pretty easy to follow along and play
2: so uh rosetta was pretty nifty i actually got to sit down and play with you john that was uh quite a fun experience you want to talk a little bit about that
0: Yeah, so Story Machine Games reached out to me about a month ago and asked if we'd be interested in reviewing their game Rosetta the Lost Language and described it as a co-op language puzzle. So I thought that was pretty interesting because I didn't really understand what that meant. So, you know, I'm just, yeah, sure. Send us a game. I'll play it. We'll play whatever. And because of everything with COVID and all that stuff going on, our, our postage system is a little bit delayed. So I didn't actually get the game. Until about almost a month later. I just got it, I think, last week or something. So in the game Rosetta, players take on two different roles. So one person acts as an author. And that person draws two cards. So one card is an an inscription. So it has almost like hieroglyphic like images on it. And then you flip a location card. I think the artwork on it's beautiful. It almost looks like a landscape painting where you draw uh, inspiration as to what the inscription means. And then once you find out the meaning, you write it on uh, one of the cards provided. And the other players will act as experts, and they're trying to come up with the meaning that you made, making guesses. They're writing guesses on the cards, and if they're on the right track, the author clues them in. So they'll, they'll give them hints along the way, and if they're not on the right track, they'll just say, nope, they'll scratch the, uh, the card, the, the guess down. So the experts have 10 guesses to guess the meaning of uh, the inscription. So actually, we had a lot of fun, and I liked how our group did it because we played with uh, the four of us. And I really like that two of us went like super serious with the meaning, and then two of us went super silly with the meaning.
2: You also played this game two player, right, with your wife, and then you played it four players with myself, you, Bill, and Novi. Right. I had the four player experience. Can you describe the two player experience? Compare it to what we what we did with four.
0: Yeah, I mean, the two player experience was decent. I think I had more fun playing it as the four player experience. I think more players, the better interaction, because the author doesn't i mean you can talk as much as you want there's no rules against it but i think just with how everything's set up it's good to just give hints with the cards that are being drawn rather than using your voice um it was fun interacting with everyone else uh, when we were taking turns being experts than it was just being an author or an expert
2: yeah i i definitely had a lot of fun being an expert the the experts are the people who who would try to guess, right? Am I am I right? right? Okay, yeah. So I had a lot of fun doing that. With with three people it was very easy to like kind of like throw out ideas. And I noticed like for instance myself, I might be on one track. Like my mind just might be on one single thing and that's all I'm focused on. And then someone like yourself, John, you would throw out, hey, Matt, no, you're not thinking of this, right? And then our ideas kind of come together. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. And their ideas kind of come together. And that's when you start solving the, the problem that's in front of you. You're trying to guess what the author wrote.
0: Right. And in my, in my two-player game that I played, I think my wife picked a uh, word. I think her word was like trailblazer or something like that. And like that's just it's hard. That's a hard. That's a hard, word. A hard yeah. word to guess. Number one, and I was kind of on the right track at one point, and then I got like kind of side sidelined, and I was going a completely different direction. So, I mean, the goal is to create is to come up with like easy words so that they're easy to guess.
2: Yeah. So let's think of that for a second. Yeah. So a card has three it looks like hieroglyphics. Right. And the location hat is a location, and and you're trying to use a hieroglyphics to come up with something at the location that's actually not there
0: right so you look at the location card and you're not allowed to create a word of something you see on the location you just have to be inspired by it so it's really cool so you look at the you look at the inscription i forgot what the word that i had that i used oh mine was like cooking right i think i think was the was my yeah cooking was my yes my, so, my was, yeah. so um my my meaning my meaning i saw was cooking and the location, it looked like kind of like an, uh, like a Native American landscape. There's like a tent. I think there's some like almost looks like a campground. I guess maybe my inscription. It kind of looked like a person holding, kind of like a piece of like a triangle, like a piece of bread or something. And then I think that resembled fire.
2: Every card has three technically symbols on it. So what you did was you took that that card and you're like, this looks like that to me. Right. It looked like a person cooking. So you had to sit there, kind of turn the image into something. Right. Because you can only put one word on the, the author can only use one word. He can't use several words. It has to be one word. Right.
0: Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of make like a meaning for each symbol that I see. So the one meaning was like person. The other one was fire and the other one was bread, I think, or food um, pan
2: or grill yeah something yeah.
0: like that right and uh yeah so i'm like hey well that's that like what's one word that can combine all of those and that was my meaning cooking was my word and you actually guys got it pretty quick i think you got like three or four cards in which was pretty cool
2: well i thought when i was the author everyone got it really quickly i think that was the quickest so when i was the author they had of this battle scene yeah and my card kind of had like this sword looking thing on it the two outside glyphs one looked like a person one didn't and i'm like "Eh, i'll just kind (laughs) of i got battle from it right away and i'm like and so in my mind i'm like person slays innocent person that's kind of what had in my mind yeah so i had a couple words but i'm like i'll go with an easier one and i think that easier one wasn't the best idea because the three of you guessed it really quickly
0: well but you're supposed to be guess it quickly
2: Oh. Yeah, that's the idea. So, so I'm good. Yeah, so the faster... <laughs> think
0: think about each card as a point system, right? So you start off with 10 points, and the more guesses you take, the less points you get. Oh. So I think on yours, we would have got like 8 points, right?
2: But I was having more fun doing the opposite. <laughs> when we were like really <laughs> scrambling to like... So like uh, maybe a house rule. I thought it was way more fun. So for instance, when, when Novi was up... Oh, <laughs> so so Novi had uh, like an under ocean. He had like an ocean scene. Novi thinks in like old school movies, right? So just picture Atlantis. He had like the perfect vision of Atlantis, like a statue in the middle, sharks swimming. It looked like a lost parrot. looked like a lost civilization. And what was his word? Soup. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and everything on his, every hieroglyphic, like nothing really, only one of them really matched. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was Oh, wasn't it like
0: the, it was kind of looked like a spiral?
2: Yes. Or something like that was soup. No, every, every, every symbol was soup. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And he was just like, so we're like, we're playing it and we're like, man, I don't even know what he's talking about. And I guess at one point I said it out loud, right? He said, because I made a joke. I'm like, I'm like, because at one point I'm like, I don't know what this is. I'm like, oh, because he said
0: like shark fin soup or something like that. Yes. Like as a joke. Yes. And yeah. that's what
2: it was. <laughs> so, really, that, that really advocates different people think differently. And, you know, no- Novi, right. Novi was going very abstract. He he didn't realize it had to be as as simple as possible. Like me, I'm just a simple person, so I thought you know battle right away, and I was and I actually wanted it to be a little bit harder because I thought we would have more fun doing that, or or more fun guessing. Right, the more guesses, the more fun you're gonna have. So that's why I made it. I thought it was gonna be hard, but it wasn't. And then you know Novi Novi actually thought it was gonna be easy, (laughs) but it was totally not easy. But I, I saw where he was going. I mean, you got to know the person too, right? And how they make those like assumptions and jokes. And, and, you know, it just played out differently. But I think all four of us had a great time playing it. It was very satisfying, the rounds you played.
0: Yeah, I think if like one person gets to be the author and expert in a game, then that's that's pretty satisfying.
2: Yeah, and, and I also think that we had that sweet spot of four players. I don't know if more than five or six, I don't know if that would be as much fun. Because again, you're going to have people muted. It's just like wavelength, right? You're going to have people muted as they're trying to talk. Two right. seemed like it was too few because you don't have enough ideas flying around, right? Because it's just you and the other person. You can't talk to the other person. So th- those are my thoughts. I thought it like three, four, maybe five would be a nice sweet spot for the game. Right. I agree. But I had a blast, yeah. that was awesome very fun
0: i've noticed that rolling rights are kind of becoming the trend again
2: whoa, uh, whoa. a lot of games coming out don't you say that <laughs> don't say what <laughs> i'm just kidding no they are they are um what what games have you noticed what games have kind of popped dude, like
0: every game's a rolling right now dude Got like Railroad Inc. welcome to king domino duel
2: let's let's explore a little bit of history behind rolling rights all right. So the first Roll and Write that was commercially successful was actually Yahtzee. Have either of you played Yahtzee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't.
0: Actually, that was like one of the first games that my wife and I bought when we started our board game collection was Yahtzee. Really? Correct.
2: That's pretty cool. Um, did you also play the very first Roll and Write that is on Board Game Geek ranked 18,836? <laughs>
0: clearly not (laughs) spare time bowling
2: from 1940 (laughs) apparently that's
0: we should see if we can get a copy of that
2: it's actually it's rating is (laughs) 3.9 so it can't be very good but hey whatever it's 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 history right i would love to play that that'd be hilarious so yahtzee yahtzee came out in 1956 so the story whether this is true or not is a canadian couple Oh, Canada. Hey, Canadian. Um, mm. We're on a boat, and they needed a game to play. So do either of you know the other name for Yahtzee? There's another name for it? Nope. Poker Dice. <laughs> so the game's very similar to Poker po- Dice. Yeah. So the game is similar to Poker Dice, right? You You roll dice. And then you you have ones twos threes fours fives and sixes and then you have full house you have three of a kind four of a kind high low run so what you do is you roll the dice and then you have like a score sheet and as you you try to get the highest combinations of each one so you know you might if you have two sixes and three fives that might be your full house once you mark off a section for scoring, then you can never use that section again. And it's very simple. Like you just roll dice. You actually have three rolls. So you roll the dice once. You can keep dice, roll again, keep dice, roll again. So if you're trying to get like as many ones as possible, or a Yahtzee, which is five, which is five. You know, you can do that. You could try to aim for different goals. And it kind of there's a little bit of luck involved. It's not as not like counting cards like poker, but there is a little bit of math to figure out one in six chance of getting whatever you need and write it down. So it is like a very, very classic game that is making a comeback.
0: That's good. Yeah. I like I've noticed too, like I've been at my parents' house. They, they just bought a copy of Yahtzee. Really? Like recently? Yeah, I don't know. we Apparently, like yeah, there is a weird
2: stat in the package. When I was looking up this history stuff, it's like they sell two million copies of Yahtzee a year. I'm like, it's one of those
0: classic games, man. Yeah,
2: but it's like if you sell two million copies of Yahtzee a year, I feel like everyone in the world's gonna have a copy of a copy of Yahtzee after like a hundred years. It's just like your but you also have those
0: like those like advocates, right? That you know that might actually buy like those collector editions, those different boxes, maybe wooden boxes or something. You know?
2: Oh, know. yeah, 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 yeah the uh, the collectors really is what they are, or they're they, they have the original they have a game of Yahtzee but they're like oh I could get this better version yeah I kind of get it I mean it is a fun game but so so looking back at that Yahtzee you know some of the some of the um, issues that I saw with it was that there's not that much player interaction so when I'm taking my turn. The other person is not really doing anything. They're just kind of sitting there. Maybe they're thinking about what they what they need, but they're not really interacting with you. And I think that that is one of the things that's changing. To emphasize that, I looked up the top role and rights currently on BoardGameGeek. So thank you, BoardGameGeek, for supplying us with so much stats. Uh, by supplying, uh, you just go on their site. <laughs> <laughs> so actually the first five we've five, we've either are on our radar or we played them, which is kind of neat. So the first one ranked at 121 is Welcome 2. That's a great game. That's a great game. So how is that different than their Yahtzee, you know, simple roll dice right down?
0: So in Welcome 2, you're trying to build your perfect neighborhood. So your your paper that you have, it's a row of streets. And basically what you're trying to do is place the addresses from lowest to highest number. And then add in like pools uh, parks fences and stuff like that along the way so but instead of dice you you draw cards and the cards have an address number and like a feature whether that's like a pool or a forest or something where you can manipulate the addresses to better suit your needs I, there's still not a ton of player interaction in it but what's cool is you also have these like side objectives where you know you might have to get six houses in a row with like in like a fenced area Mm -hmm. and there's three of those and basically once one person gets it no one else can so you're kind of trying to compete to get all these bonus points at the end so you have to be strategic as to what you're trying to achieve in that objective spot as well as trying to fill up your card to maximize your points.
2: Huh, that's pretty cool. So so like, so like, between turns, a player isn't actually doing anything. They're just kind of like waiting.
0: No, you do everything oh, sim- simultaneously. Oh, so I was yeah. doing it
2: together. Right. Okay, so there's no talking. <laughs>
0: I mean, you can talk, but it's not like you're talking about what you're doing. Or you're very into the, yeah.
2: Like I, I feel like you'd be very into the the turn, right? Right. Drawing and uh, writing. <laughs> yeah. My brain can only do two things.
0: I don't know if you guys been th- were thinking this. It just actually popped in my head while we were talking about it. A lot of a lot of game regular board games that aren't rolling rights get a lot of flack when you have to use dice because it's all just luck of luck of the the throw, right? Yeah. So how does yeah? So how does that really like affect like why do you think rolling rights are? Do you think maybe that's why rolling rights are rolling color or drawn right instead of just using all dice? <gasps>
2: think that has much to do with it i think people complain about luck because they want to have more skill when they're doing things like like i'm i don't know when i when i play a game like i don't really i actually like the dice based games Mm -hmm. that element of luck kind of gives you a million different possibilities whereas like you know when you play a game that has an outcome and you know the outcome it's not as interesting right like you like you can get up to a point where the outcome is pretty obvious you're gonna lose or you're gonna win or you know what cards (laughs) you have to play and that's great, but at the same time, it doesn't change the course of a game. Like, I guess, like you're saying that, but then you also got to remember, people love Dungeons and Dragons, and Dungeons and Dragons is all dice based. True. So you know, you're, it's always the luck of the dice. Yeah, sometimes you roll on twenties, sometimes you roll on one. Sometimes you have loaded dice that all they do is roll twenties. You know, and that's, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like people like that, right? So, right. so so, I actually think people like rolling dice. I think it's just in our nature to have that randomness.
0: So you're one of those street uh, dice people, eh, Matt? Yeah. Alleyway? All my dice
2: are loaded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kev? What do you think?
1: You played a little D&D with us. I mean, the randomness and the dice are necessary, because if not, then... You didn't, like you said, you'd have a really straight course, you'd have a straight forward, you know, if I do that, if I do A, B, C, and D, then I will win. Or if I miss a step, I do A, B, C, skip D, because I failed to do something in a path, and then jump to E, then I lose. So the dice adds a randomness factor to it, so that your whole game isn't just strictly based upon hey, you guys, like you and Matt and John, are experts and know all these board games. And then if I already jump in, I know nothing, next to nothing. And then I would just pretty much like well, lose. Well,
2: I mean, on, on that note, Kev, like you're completely right. You know, I'm the rules person. I read all the rules all the time. And a lot of, a lot of what I like, not that I'm like trying to win, but I tend to win because I already know what <laughs> the strategies I need to have, right? And while everyone else is just rolling
1: dice to try to figure out what's going right. on. <laughs> yeah, but then it gives you a chance to come back and make like a strong move if you do have a good roll like let's say I do roll 20 it's like all right I do a critical and then I you know take out your guy in D&D or something along those lines so it is a necessary factor the randomness is uh it, it keeps it fun it keeps it interesting so the other the other games that's pretty clever
2: by Wolfgang Varsh uh distributed by stronghold games is sitting at rank 1 133 After that, 233 is Cartographers, a role-player tale. So it's really popular due to its Spiel des Jars nomination. And then Twice as Clever, sitting at 434. So I actually have played Twice as Clever, and that's pretty clever, by Wolfgang Varsh, distributed by Stronghold Games. That you can actually play online, too. I think last week, before our podcast, I sent both of you the link to it, and you could just randomly play it. It's... Those two games are like Yahtzee on steroids. So instead of instead of trying to roll for poker things like you know four of a kind, as many ones as possible, you're actually you actually roll dice, and then you ch- you choose one of the f- six dice that you rolled. All the ones lower than that get put on like a silver platter. The one you chose goes; it's now taken away, and then you roll the leftover dice, and you have about three three of those rolls per turn. And then basically you're filling out these. Sorry, you're filling out these five play areas, and each play area basically determines how much points you have at the end of your game. Okay. So the one thing I did find with that game, so I played that with uh, Samantha, was that there wasn't a lot of interaction between rounds. There, there was a little. There was a little. So when you roll the, so after your turns over, whatever dice are on the tray, the other players can then choose one for their board, which is a very common mechanic you
1: see nowadays with rolling rights. Cool. Real quick, what's the Spiel des Jahres uh, award that you guys are talking about?
0: It's a Game of the Year award I'm coming out of Germany. Basically, it's like one of the highest awards that a board game can get.
1: Spiel des Jahres
2: is like a governing excellence award, body. Like they 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 look at all the board games and they decide what is one of the top games of the year. They they base it on a, like a, a lot of different things like innovation and art, concepts. Is it accessible? Is it family oriented Things like that, and they say that any any game that wins the award or even gets nominated expects like a huge jump in sales,
1: and we've right.
2: we, and we've already seen that. Like the crew, the quest for Planet nine was a fantastic game and was nominated. I don't know if it won. I think they did announce the winners recently, but it already like just being nominated had a huge jump in sales, which was in, which was incredible and became like a very popular part of Board Game Geek their hot list.
0: I don't think they've done the the winners yet.
2: I heard Hedgehog Roll one kids game maybe maybe they did a kids game
0: Speedy Roll one, the kids game there you yeah. go yeah oh so yeah kid children's game of the year right so maybe they haven't done the yeah, other ones maybe they're just doing no. them slowly
2: yeah so I mean the top four games we played three of them and Cartographers is on my list to play I mean, we just haven't I just can't get a copy of it <laughs> and we're stuck here in Canada so I can't get anything shipped <laughs> to my to the office so we're just like ugh. But that's pretty clever, twice as clever I played. You played Welcome to. Um, I did actually get to play a game recently that I really like. It's called Roland, Roland Wright, and I talked about it on one, on one of our previous shows.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Kevin. Just quick clarification because Matt's goofball and didn't mention this during the show. The game that he is referring to is Roland Wright, spelled R-O-L-A-N-D, second word W-R-I-G-H-T. Not to be confused with the genre, Roll and right which is the topic of the show. Like all right, back to the show.
2: And it is a roll in color, which is super cool. So you you have six dice, you roll them, um, you group them out, and then you being the person who rolled gets to choose whatever color you want. You then take that out of the dice pool, you put a little mark on your board, and then the next, and then everyone else gets to choose from the leftovers. So whatever color is a leftover, many several players can pick the same dice. After they've chosen their dice, everyone gets an action, and the actions are super cool. You just erase a dot on your board, and it lets you do different abilities, so you might be able to draw more cards. And the whole idea is that you're creating patterns on your board to satisfy these cards you draw. It could be excellence, or it could be equipment, and once you complete those, you then get points, or you get more abilities. And the whole idea is you're a board game designer trying to create a board game, and it's super fun, super easy, super cute. My wife obviously noticed the dog on it and fell in love. And, I, and it actually has a solo, actually has solo mode too, which has its own separate solo board. And you play over twenty one rounds. I had a blast. I played it last night actually. I thought it was super fun. I actually liked it better than that's pretty clever and twice as clever. I haven't played Welcome nice. to, but I can tell you it's better than those two games in my opinion. And I would love to see it rise a little higher than it is. So cool.
0: And what's what's cool about the Rolling writes game too because they're like they're pretty accessible and pretty easy to play pretty much out of the box i see a lot of games jumping to digital as well
2: oh yeah they're like perfect for digital perfect right, right. like a dice rolling mechanic or in this case like just color you just tap a dot i don't I don't yeah. know if they have one by the way uh that's by perplex games if you're interested in purchasing uh roll and write i highly recommend it Yeah, i was gonna say
0: because there was a game when you were at pax uh oh no maybe when you were at gen con I don't remember. Maybe I'd, when you were at Gen Con, I wanted you to pick up the game on tour for me. Oh yeah, it was a Gen. I forget if you were it. Gen Con or Pax. <laughs> but even find uh, it, but what was cool with that? Uh, they were offering a, a little while ago. I think it was like a free uh, download on, as their their app. So I've been playing that, and I think that's super cool too. So like in that game, you're you're a band manager trying to plan out the best tour route for your band. So using dice rolls. Um, you roll two dice. So say if I get like a five and a seven, so I can put like 57 or 75. So I put those two numbers down on a dot and you want to put, you want to make sure that your, your tour goes from lowest number to highest number. And you want to try to get to as many spots as possible. So you want to make sure that you're putting, you know, higher numbers somewhere else, lower numbers somewhere else. It's actually really cool. It's actually really difficult.
2: Is is, Is it a solo game or is it like a multiplayer i
0: think you can play it multiplayer the board game but i played obviously the the app is solo but yeah it was really fun so i think that's really cool it's a nice little jump to digital because it's uh super easy i know like yahtzee's got an app and all that stuff as well so
2: okay so we did we discussed a bunch of different games and they're like roll and write or draw and write or roll in color is there anywhere anywhere we can see this going like could there could there be another mechanic that they're just not seeing that maybe comes to our mind
0: oh dude i'm not gonna say that because that's <laughs> a get get rich quick scheme
2: well i mean you could well
0: you got you got drawn right you, you got and color you mouth it to me yeah
2: <laughs> oh that game okay
0: yeah uh i don't know what do you think
2: i don't know i just threw it out there yeah Uh, i mean i guess
0: trying to get my trying to get my intellectual property i see
2: yeah well i mean we are the same group (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i I bet like i bet someone will figure out another mechanic and then obviously everyone will kind of copy it or play off of it but i thought the i thought the drawn color was super creative i'm sure it's been done but it was super creative yeah a lot of fun. Yeah, well I
0: like too, like I uh, mentioned earlier King Domino duel. Oh. It is rolling right, but what you're doing is you're rolling and you're and you're drawing the symbols.
2: So hold on, so I don't know anything about King Domino. So wh- what is that what is that like? And then how did that morph?
0: Like the original game, yeah. King
2: Domino? Mm-hmm.
0: I actually haven't played that, but what I what I know from it is you have a castle in the middle and you pull tiles, different color tiles, and you're trying to lay tiles down as close as possible to your Your castle, Um, but you're you're trying to lay you're trying to lay it down kind of in like a domino fashion. So, say I I pulled like a yellow and a blue, I would have to put that down. And if I pulled like a blue and a green, I would have to have the blue against a blue
2: tile. I I have a question for you. Are you sure you haven't played it? Sounds like you know. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like you played it. <laughs> I haven't played it. Okay. Just I just
0: looked at the box. I was looking at the box today at a store. Oh really? So. Oh. <laughs> and then in King Domino duel, um, it's the same sort of layout. You have a castle in the middle and you have all these shields on your pad of paper and you roll you roll four die and I think your opponent takes two and you take two and you have to draw the symbol that's on that shield until your sheet's filled up. And then on the back there's like if you come up with a certain amount of Combos and stuff, you get like those bonus points, and then those points are taken away from, and your opponent can't use those bonus points in their game and stuff like that. Oh, that's, pretty, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, so obviously you had a chance to buy both of them, but you chose the duel, right? The King Domino Roll and Right Duel. So what, what kind of, like, pushed you towards buying that? Well, it's
0: like, half the price of okay. the original game. So right away, it's
2: cheaper. It's
0: cheaper. And then I feel like it's just, like, a little bit more easy to explain, I guess. It's just, like, out of the – I find rolling rights pretty easy to, to play. You can open it up, and just by what you get, you can kind of see what how you play the yeah, game. Yeah, you roll dice. You know what I mean? And
2: then do whatever it says, basically. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, – I mean, King Domino is a very big game. and It's very popular. I'm glad to hear that King Domino Duel was, was very good.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Awesome. So, guys, I just wanted to kind of like s- step away from our topic a little bit and want to give a shout out to something I thought was like really cool uh, over the last week. You know, with everything going on in the world, we have the pandemic going on still. We have all the protests for uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Something that came out of that that I found was really awesome was uh, I saw on uh, I go I'm on I want to. A board game spotlight on facebook and james hudson who is a person who runs druid city games and he's part of the skybound games company he put a thing out there saying like hey there's this board game that is really good and it is by a black board game creator and it's called Rap Gods. Let's sell them out. Let's buy all their games. And so, with that like sentence, I don't know if he's the one that started it, but he's the post that I saw. I went in and I started diving, you know, doing a deep dive into what's what's going on? What's this game about? So, I purchased the game. So, I'm pretty excited about that. But they ended up selling 653 copies of this game.
2: Wait, sorry, six, 600? 653
0: copies of this okay. game. So, they sold completely out on their website. But what was awesome about it, was that there were people on, I think, like, Twitter and stuff that was saying, if you purchase this game, send me your receipt, and I'll donate X amount of money to different charities for the Black Lives Matter movement. And can you guess how much money they raised?
2: Um, you said 600 games?
0: 653
2: games. Uh, well, the game is, what, 100 bucks? No, it's only, like, 50. So $3,000? <laughs> 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 did the quick math. Uh,
0: they ended up raising... $80,916.
2: Oh, that's aw- That's awesome. That's How awesome that? That's really awesome. That's that? really awesome. That's I mean, sweet. you know, that says a lot about the board game community in general. We've been very fortunate to be involved over the last year, but it's very inclusive and very, like, together. Like, it's very close, right? And right. for that to happen, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So I don't know who started that. I know James was the post that I saw where, where I purchased the game from, but, like, Man, I just think that's so cool. Within a week, they sold out all their copies of their game.
2: And it's a good, it's a good game too. Like to be honest with you, it's a really good game. It go, you know, it's right. a good game and it's an awesome cause. So it's, that's fantastic.
0: That's what I was pretty excited about to share with you guys today. Cool, cool.
1: So that's awesome though. Shows some solidarity and community within the board game community and support those developers who are trying to get noticed and get out in the world. And then also supports a great cause. So that's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. There is a lot of money. So that's sweet.
0: So Thank you all for listening. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or hit that follow button on your favorite streaming platform. Is there a game that you'd like for us to check out and talk about? Have you created a game that you want us to preview? Let us know by emailing us at info at fridaynight.games. And don't forget to check back every Friday for our next episode. And remember, it's Friday night. Let's have some fun.